Hello, everyone. This is session six, last one. We made it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I really want to acknowledge and appreciate you guys because uh, this was something quite different. Okay. And it's not an easy journey going into the heart when we have kind of tucked it away for centuries. Um, so it's a, it's a very brave thing to do. And, you know, so you know that it's much easier to sometimes be in the head, in the anger, and all the other emotions that we feel mentally than to really tap into the pain and fear because it just feels yucky it doesn't feel good so we don't want to, we, we don't like doing that but you guys did it really bravely and I really commend you guys for doing the work that you have done um, we are all affected by what happens in the world and I'm sure that this isn't anything new but it is new for us, okay? And, you know, so maybe it was kind of painful in a different kind of way before. It's really not the experiences or the stories, it's what people are in general experiencing. So, and this is the way we can impact by bringing the love in a, into a full circle within ourselves is how we can ease the world's pain. Um, without that, we tend to only accumulate it or aggravate it. We tend to heighten it, although we don't believe that. When we are continuously talking about it and uh, really um, building up on our frustrations and um, explaining why we are frustrated and when we actively want to do something like you know women's marches and all of that this is all good stuff it needs to happen but please understand that on some level it's accumulating a different kind of energy okay um not that that cannot happen but it's where we are centering from we can do the same thing if we are heart-centered, when we drop the mind into the heart, we can march away. Or we can be angry in our head for very good reasons. We have every reason to be angry. Um, it's not about, remember we talked about, it's not about if you are right or wrong. Well, who's going to win that battle? Okay. Uh, so it's not about being right or wrong. Everybody's right, everybody's wrong, because it's just a mind's perception. We can create an argument for something and against something. We are good at that. So it's really about healing. And healing has to, in order to heal, we need to drop into the heart. We need to meet those kind of energies with a different energy. Otherwise, we are perpetuating the status quo. And that's not what we're wanting. That's not conscious. We're wanting to actually change it. But just so you know that we're not really, we, we're not, it's not necessary um, to be so in the, so much in the mental flow to change it. 
Okay. Um, that's what I think. My humble opinion. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so just so you know, if, if we had been met with pain, if life has offered us pain, it's because somewhere in our soul's journey, we have signed a contract to experience this pain in order to heal it. We have just forgotten that. And um, we, we agreed to heal on behalf of the angels who went into the void in the darkness. And this is our contract to heal that. We somewhere have. So we can either live up to that contract because we are here, or we can kick and scream and we'll just come back. It's very simple, but very painful. <laughs> <laughs> so I like simple things. If I have to surrender at the end anyways, I'd like to surrender now. <laughs> uh, and that, it, it, you know, when you surrender, you actually get a more realistic view of yourself, more real view of who you are, because you, you come to yourself with a big S, and you come to the fullness in your own heart, and you may actually see yourself for the first time. So this is lifelong work, and I just, uh, it's, it never fails me before every session, I do not plan it, it plans me. Things happen. Some stuff comes up, and and I'm like, oh, that's why. And mm -hmm. and um, whatever needs to come through, kind of happens, comes through me. It's not nice always. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just not nice, but it is. Um, so, you know, last time I was talking to my teacher, she said, in about 200 years, there will be centers all around the world. In the, you know, all around the world, I don't know if she's particularly said United States, where people would be gathering to do such practices. So I'm thinking, I was thinking about, I'm thinking like maybe my kids' grandkids or his kids, if we, you know, the longevity continues to increase. Um, so, because this work is happening, and they started doing the work, I think, maybe six years ago. And according to my teacher, there's oh, 50 people who are doing the work, because it's much easier to get a handful of people, it, to keep it organized, so you're not met with so much resistance, than to, and those 50 people will spread it slowly and slowly like we are. So um, I guess I must be one of the 50s. Mm -hmm. And um, so every now and then, I want to rescind my agreement. <laughs> <laughs> like, sign me out. Get me out of this contract. Um, but, you know, if you really think about on a bigger scale what we're doing, um, a privilege. And this is what peaceful warrior is warring in the most effective but peaceful way. So, um, 
a lot of juicy stuff today. It just, we just ended up here because I, it just, you know, um, I was thinking about the last session and where we ended up, we were at the application. And, and I'm like, wow, that's a, that's, I just kind of, you know, gave you very little last time. And as I started to think about it, I'm like, that's where a lot of the messy stuff is. Actually, everything has been quite messy. I mean, acceptance was quite messy. Um, awareness was painful. Allowing was messy. Um, so I think that application can be quite messy before mm -hmm. because the reality of our practice comes in because other people interact and come in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we'll have some fun with that. <laughs> and um, so before I begin on to this session, any questions, anything came up for you from last time? Anything that was difficult, what was easy, what showed up? So the comment is that life seemed easier, um, same challenges, but she didn't react, but it just seemed easier to accept, to bring it in. That's good. Actually, such is somebody in my practice. Work. Psychotherapy. Who had awesome she had so just the discussion uh, around but why I hate this anymore. I found myself saying to her, Well, into your heart. Oh, wonderful. And, and I thought, wait, am I ready to do that? <laughs> so, is that okay? Yes, you are. Nina has to say I can't. Um, you can. <laughs> but, but it was, it was profound. Who? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Claire. So I, I thought, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, where did that come from? I went and did that. You know, yeah. five weeks of listening to me. <laughs> Finally created a group. <laughs> Good. So, so the comment was that one of the students here. Um, dealing with a cancer patient who had a colostomy bag and the patient was ready to stop hating the bag, which I'm sure had, naturally so, understandably so. But so the comment from one of the students was, you know, let's try dropping into your heart. That was profound. It's very simple. That was very profound for her. That's where the surrender, the ultimate strength lies. 
So, and that's it. That's the application. That's how we do simple things, just simple and subtle ways that we can make a profound difference in our experience of life. Well, that's awesome. Well, you felt good to a solid in a way. You have something to offer her. Yeah. It was so simple. And for her, not readily accessible, but yet that it was. It was. Yeah, she could, yeah, yeah. She could start it. Mm -hmm. So, because many times when somebody says that, we give them the logics of what the situation is. We give them, well, you don't have a choice. Well, you know, this happens to many people. Well, it's not all that bad. And well, you know, you, you know, and it's all good stuff, but it just doesn't help. And it just doesn't give them a real experience of something different. So they begin to analyze it. They remain in the head. Uh, so as long as we remain in the head, we really don't get relief. The relief is not in the head because we just, we get a headache. Uh, <laughs> and so we want relief. Um, and the relief comes from dropping into the heart. And, you know, there's a lot of energy that we invest in resisting what is. When we accept what is into the heart, we actually free that energy. And then we can actually change, choose to change the situation in a number of ways that we want. And, you know, solutions come about because it increases, opens the flows. We begin to see things that we may not have seen before. Actually, we get more solutions that way. And when we stay in the head and we resist, we actually block the flow and we have less available to us. We can't see what's before us because we block the flow. We block the seeing by insisting that this is the only way to think about it. So, wonderful, very good. Anyone else? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see a big smile on, on, on your face, so. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, sure. Really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I. Yeah. It's Yeah, 
And so just to recap um, the comment that the, the most useful quote from last session was that nothing ever happens without our soul's permission. And um, so just that enough allowed her to slow down, take a pause, and, you know, seeing why would she make that statement? I've asked that myself too. Why in the world would you agree to that, Nina? <laughs> mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking, but no, I was thinking. I was thinking in a different way. I'm not thinking with my head, thank God. Um, so, you know, when you say that statement, if you go ahead and repeat the statement to yourself a couple of times, nothing happens without our soul's permission. Nothing happens without my soul's permission. Instantly, you know, it's a very empowering statement because you asked for this. You are in charge. It's just we forget why we asked for this. So it's just stopping, pausing like you're dead and say, what is here? Why, do, why would I ask for this? What is it informing? What do I need to do for myself? How can I support myself in this process? So, and, you know, in, along the same line, there are no victims. There are no victims. You know, a long time ago when I started my practice, I would be, you know, heartbroken every day because of the work that I did. Because I really, you know, being empathetic and compassionate, I cried for my patients, my clients. I, you know, I took their, their heartache with me. And I just like, I'm like, I can't do this work. So I'm losing my sleep over this. And so when I, you know, did you know, talked with my teacher and you know did some work and really realized that there are no victims. None of us are victims because we have all asked for the life that we are experiencing. And that's a statement I pass on to every client that I work with. And it just immediately makes them really look at their situation a whole lot differently, empowers them. Um, means if we have asked for it, let's ask why, what is the learning here? What is it that I need to see here? We come up with solutions. We get to know ourselves in a way that we may not have before. So, yeah, one of the examples my teacher gave me, Paul Douglas, Dr. Paul Douglas, he said that, um, it's like if you're paying the paying off the mortgage for your house, and if someone tells you you cannot pay the mortgage, so you'll have a debt, a bigger debt on you. Paying the mortgage is freeing because you are free of the debt. Mm -hmm. So our soul has karmic debt that we have to pay off. So we are here paying off to say, even on the outside, people may look really, you know, miserable, they're hurting and they're suffering, but at the soul level, their soul is rejoicing. Thank, thank God that we, we paid our karmic debt because the soul is actually becoming freer with this experience. So it, not only we begin to look at 
know that we, you know, we came from other prior lifetimes, that, that's why we're here in this world. It really raises a level of consciousness on how we live in this lifetime. How we, we, we choose our thoughts, we choose the words that come out of our mouth, we choose what we pay attention to. And really, we can't choose it mentally. It's, again, raising the level of consciousness through meditations. So you just become in that space of higher vibration where you are naturally conscious, where you're naturally mindful. And meditation just becomes your way of being. And the truth of the matter is, without doing anything, we create karma. Okay? We do, because we are, you know, nobody is 100% conscious. None of us are. It's a work in progress. Um, and because we are in the world, we are in the polarity world, wherever there's acceptance, there would be resistance to something. It's a process. As soon as that resistance turns into acceptance, another layer of resistance will come up. And you're like, oh, my God, still more? And because it's the stuff is deeply buried. And it goes back, way, way, way back when. Um, so, you know, there's a reason why Buddha wanted to be done with this life and birth cycle. Smart guy. <laughs> no, I'm done with this. Thank you very much. I don't want to do this. And I get that feeling. It's like, wow, this... You know, awakened living consciously is challenging. It's not the it's not the dream we once held when we were fifteen or twenty years old. You know, the white picket fence and the whatnot, the fairy tale. That's not what it is. Perhaps it's even much better. Worse, I don't know. Who who's to say? Mm -hmm. But it's not about worse or better. It's more about, I wouldn't want to live any other way. You don't, I don't want to live sleeping. I don't want to live asleep. I don't want to live robotically. I want to live consciously. I want to know what's happening to me, why it's happening to me, what the deal is at a deeper level. Because it, it, um, that's what wakes us up. That's what our potential is. So why not? So, um, few of the a couple of concepts came to my mind as I was thinking about application. You know, so we talked about how to apply these principles like you just like you guys, just all three of you, like you just did in your life. And it made life easier. It offered solutions. It gave you your power back. Um, one of the word, one of the concepts that came about that we talked a little bit more was guilt. And, you know, as I, as I dug a little deeper and I thought, you know, guilt is a way that many relationships are controlled. Many relationships are kept in check. 
make them feel a little guilty, make her feel a little guilty, they'll stick around. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, on the surface, it could be, it's, you know, it doesn't seem that serious or devastating is what people do. But I guess is what we all do. But I'm thinking more is why? What is that? Um, I think the guilt is, the guilt is when we should, suppose, let's take an example of, you know, a relationship. It doesn't matter, romantic relationship, a sibling or whatever. We believe we should behave in a certain way with a person. We believe we should behave in a certain way with a person. But somehow, where we are currently in our life, we are not able to see beyond that. Or we're not able to see beyond our own suffering. Or we're not able to see beyond our own uh, challenges. So we leave the other person kind of in darkness as to what is going on with us. The person who is waiting for a response can use a number of uh, ways to tell you, this is how you should have behaved with me. You never thought about how your behavior affected me. Um, so we're, you know, using, trying to use guilt. And it seems all right. It's so far, you know, it's making sense. That, uh, you know, we'll get into that at which level. So the person who is now made to feel guilty, they, are, they know they should behave differently, but they're so stuck in their space that they're not able to. Okay? So, again, like I said, the gap between what we should do and what we do is filled by guilt from both parties. Somebody is using it against, somebody is using it as an explanation to themselves. So the mental burden remains and the suffering remains. I think the reason is the fear of dropping into your heart, the fear of understanding your own truth and actually more than understanding is claiming it. We don't communicate because we, we are afraid that our truth is not true enough, that our truth is not explanation enough, because we ourselves don't know if it is enough. Are you following me? Yes. So, so what that is, you know, that th there's a fear created of owning your own truth, owning your own power. The fear comes in the way of speaking it, of communicating it. So we leave this blurry, confused space in between the two people and do nothing because we don't know, we don't know what to do. The fear, fear blocks everything. So we avoid. But remember, the subconscious experience of guilt remains. It burdens the soul. And we may not know that we are guilt-ridden, 
but subconsciously that may be what's going on and it it affects every relationship it affects everything we do more and most importantly it it burdens your energy it it impedes the flow it blocks the flow so desperately searching for light we're stuck in the darkness because we don't know how to get out of that so you know when you, again when you really unravel and untangle these emotions what really ends up what you end up seeing is either love or fear which is lack of love suppose we could just say how you will feel loved i am not able to do because i am weak right now or i'm confused right now or i don't know what i'm feeling right now i can't deal with it right now but we don't communicate we hide away we let the person make up their own mind and things just perpetuate um what starts off as very innocent not knowing any better way of being turns into all kinds of stinky distorted emotions and so the lesson from this jargon is the lesson is any conflict mina It applies. And, and yeah. You, you can't. So yeah, you have so, and the really the the bigger it's understanding is having the courage to speak your truth. having enough self love to speak your truth so remember we talked about love being the ultimate defense but we we make it so complicated because we begin to use the mind we don't want to drop into the heart we don't want to say i'm really confused i have no idea what i'm doing but i can't deal with you right now i need Mhm. Mm so it's yeah. not now waiting. It's, it's not right. again. So there's that self-worth not feeling enough or something. So these emotions are not they're not stand alone. They're tangled up. So and depending on different experiences, different people, we can have a scenario as many scenarios as many people because it's not a clear cut uh flow it's tangled up the clear flow is in the heart there isn't anything else
it's, yeah, it's an easy or it's like it's an easy fix. Yeah, but it's just we don't know it. We we've talked about love. We know about love. We want love. We just don't know how to love. We don't know how to love. We want love, but we keep looking for it. Someone else is going to give it to us. And when no one does, you're like, I'm not lovable. But because it's not there, that's not where it is. So it's just that we haven't, we haven't learned that. We don't know how to love. So how to love is to drop into the heart. Remember, we open our heart to the confusion. We don't need words as to what that is. It's not, we don't need to give verbiage to our emotions. We need to feel them. Sometimes the feeling is very murky, gray, and just confusing, and be there. It's a mind that needs the words. Sometimes there are no words. Sometimes the experiences really have no words. So that's why the mind argues, the heart knows. When the heart knows, no words are needed. So this is how, and again, what, how we are within is how we are without. How we are experiencing ourselves within ourselves is how we experience life. Okay? So, you know, there's a word called guilty conscience. <laughs> it's projection. It's thinking that they're thinking this off me. It's because you are yourself not lined up with what's going on in your heart. And when we are lined up, we don't have, I think if we get lined up, we can have the words. I think we're not lined up. We don't even know how to line up. Because the mind, actually, mind comes in the way, and we are not able to separate what the mind is telling us. If that is the normal way of being, it's difficult to know when the mind is operating and when the mind is, when the heart is operating. Mm -hmm. It can get confusing. So it's just mm -hmm. really learning, tuning into our mental habits mm -hmm. and you know, any time when there is, there's those feelings generated which are of fear, of guilt, of anger, you've got to know it's not from the heart. It's the mind. Because when we drop into the heart, things become different. We don't worry about what the name of the feeling is. We don't, we don't, we don't get all tangled up. Space opens up. So what you discovered, Claire, to the comment you offer to your patient is let's drop into the heart. That's a huge deal. That's a big deal. It's simple. It's a big deal because no one knows that. We put our hand on our heart. We say feel the heart, but the head remains up. The head remains. So we are feeling the heart with the mind. Right, because we, we are doing the we are we are doing all the actions. We're going through the motions, but we're not 
operating the mind through the heart. We're not really experiencing this flow. That is very subtle. But once you experience it, you experience it. It's very powerful. When we continue to experience it, it gives you a, a really good reference as to, okay, this is what it is. And the tears begin to come when you soften and you become feel very raw and tender and vulnerable. It's not a good feeling, but it's a much better feeling than being stuck in the head. So, so the application can become quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, questions on this? Comments, questions? This is something. If there's I they may want to be that keeps me on the mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's really tricky. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's always about you, you and work. you. Yeah. Yeah. So the comment is how to really it's how to separate your stuff from other people's stuff. And it's very tricky and challenging in a close relationship. And just remember that only close relationships are problematic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Only very close relationships are problematic. If the relationship is not closed, close, no one gives a shit. Okay. <laughs> so, and you know, there's a, it's okay to have a conversation. Communication is a big deal. We don't, in relationships, if we were to talk about relationships, changing the gear a little bit, because it's kind of part of the applying, yeah. right? A application becomes very challenging when other people are involved, right? Um, when there are two people, more than one person involved, mm -hmm. there's got to be a communication as to this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm trying to do. It's not all so clear, but please understand that. And I do understand to take my responsibility. And I do understand that these are 
built-in patterns within myself that I'm really trying to bring to love. This is our new lingo. Not resolve. These are parts of me, parts of me within myself that I am trying to bring to love. So when I am interacting with you, I don't dump my garbage on you. So I can do that and I can also be available to you and not get tangled up. So that's what I'm trying to do. So be patient. And I love you. It always works like a charm. <laughs> I love you. I'm always here for you. I will do anything for you. So just give me some time to figure this out. I'm trying to mm -hmm. do this so I don't have mm -hmm. what's mine to clean and clear to be a burden to you, to be your responsibility. I'm trying to take my responsibility. Right? To be able to say that, it's that's owning your truth. Mm -hmm. And anytime when we have a conversation with somebody, if we drop into the heart, the tone of the voice will change. It's not possible for the other person to not be affected by that. Right? So, you know, any conversation, when we drop into the heart and have a conversation, it changes the whole energy of, of the conversation, communication. Um, so, you know, so already when you're into the heart, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to know exactly what you're saying. But they see it. You, when you're in the heart, they, they can feel your struggle. They can feel your love. They can feel your tender heart. And they'll just, they'll just open and create the whole the space for you. That's the power of love. It softens. It softens, it creates, it creates flow, it lets everything flows, it makes every it fills everything up. It strengthens the bond. It strengthens you as a person when we own up to our own heart, as vulnerable as we get, we actually are becoming stronger. Where we don't have to shout, you know, that saying, I'm really strong. You're just subtly strong. It's inside. You're very grounded and strong and centered. So that's the, that's the power of the heart. Mind will weaken us. Mind is useful, right? But mind cannot take control of the real. Mind is useful within the realm of the heart. Remember, mind, mental body is one of the aspects, one of the six aspects of the six-pointed star. So the, the six aspects were, if I remember... Who remembers what they were? Where? Allow? No, no, no. The, that's the A technique. Oh, Yeah. So mental body, yeah. physical body, emotional body, soul body, spirit, and higher self. Okay. So our higher self mm -hmm. is anchored in the heavens. 
And our spirit body many times is anchored in different lifetimes. And a spirit body is anchored in different lifetimes and soul creates the experiences of, okay, this is what you need to learn, my friend. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so mind is important, right? In order for you to come here to class, your mind was important. You had to get ready. You had to be timely. You had to drive. You had to get your lunch before. Um, but again, mind is just as useful, actually more useful when it's dropped into the heart. Changes, when the mind is dropped into the heart, it changes how we do life. We are not just struggling to do life like we thought we were. So we just use the mind, we chucked everything away. We don't want to deal with it. We suited up and we went and did the world. We can do that too when the mind is in the heart. It may take less energy. <laughs> so, um, so really the, you know, my realization was that no matter how difficult the emotions are, when we, when we kind of unravel, angle, end up at love or lack of it. So, you know, we, we've had a different definition of love. When we think about love, we're like, oh, I am in love. I am in love with John. John better bring me flowers, chocolate and wine on Valentine's Day. Right? Sometimes John forgets. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, John does not love me anymore, right? So, so this, so you know, this is our expectation of love. A little chocolate, we are giddy until the next holiday or next little reminder. And <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> um, so, so again, these things are wonderful. These are joys of life. Um, but we want something that's more sustaining, right? Chocolates and flowers, they can, they come more when there's, you're filled with love. Sometimes they come more when you're really not so desperately need someone to bring. You know, you're filled with love. It doesn't matter really. And you let the other person off the hook, right? So their commitment to you or their love to you is not controlled by a you know, few things that they can go buy at Kroger's, <laughs> right? So, so we're talking about, so this love is holistic love. It's love that strengthens us. It's a love that makes us whole. It's a love that warms our heart. There's a love that we can radiate out.
So stepping into the heart, into the love, we're never alone. The heavens meet us there. And there's an endless um, reservoir within. That's why we can continue to, in our meditations, continue to go deeply, deep, 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 and the sensation becomes more. Right? Have you experienced that? The sensations become more intense and you can keep going there. There's no end to it. So let's go ahead and do a little meditation on this. Get settled, take a few deep breaths. Breathing into the heart, liven up that space. Dropping the mind into the heart. Just noticing what's coming up. Out of all the discussion that we've had for close to an hour, if something in particular would probably would have caught your attention, that's what's ready to be looked at. That's what is ready to be brought to love. So whatever naturally comes up, just stay with that. Of feeling deeply what it is that you are feeling. Naming is not necessary. And remember. Actually, just tune into the experience, the feeling that's coming up right now, and notice if this is a recurring feeling. That you have felt this way before. Chances are you have. That all those times, the images attached to it, the situations, or whatever the memory of those times is, 
allow it to rise to surface, allow it to come into your awareness. Allow the experience And the mind here, through the heart, may want to understand what that was, what this was. Suppose for a moment the feeling is that I'm never going to be able to resolve this. I've been feeling this for so long. Accept that. Suppose the experience that's coming up is never going to change. Accept that. That's part of you. That's what makes you you. Don't resist whatever comes up. Don't resist. Don't resist the resistance. there's some resistance when we say this is never going to change is because there's resistance some fear in having it changed many times we get vested uh, heavily in our problems <laughs> there's something in there for us we're getting something out of it there's filling up a gap so there's resistance in letting go of that. Accept the resistance. Don't resist it. And then just open the heart around all of that. Expand the heart so it may envelop all what you just experienced. So all of that, we can call it negativity, darkness, all of that can expand in love, in the one flow of love within yourself. It's one flow because the darkness, the negativity, is part of it. It's just an, an important part of it. It's just the other side of the coin. Like challenges in life are a blessing, the darkness is a gift of love. Bring it into love. Allow the love to flow with it. And just know you are not doing this alone. Allow the heavens to assist you in this flow. Allow the heavens to assist you, flow love. into all of you.
As you continue to do that, allow the heart, the heart may feel continuously expanding. with it. You stay with it until the experience that we started with, what was on the surface. The intensity softens. Or you get lost in the meditation, which means it has lost its power over you. Hold your attention. That is quickly transmuting to love. It becomes challenging. You can always picture Mother God, Father God on either side. Josh Joshua, as my teacher calls him, behind you or any which way. It's all the same thing or something totally different. Remember, this is, these are just personifications. There's one creator, or whatever creator that is for you. Take that assistance. Open yourself to the heavens, to the ultimate love. And you may gently open your eyes if you're ready.
Any questions or sharing from that? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, inviting everyone. Well, first encountering encountering this it's, it feels familiar, <laughs> but it's starting to feel a little feel familiar. That's yeah, good. Really yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, um, but in, in my person, share, yeah, person. Mm -hmm. and, and there was, there was mm -hmm. they were looking to. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Can I be real, present? It was real subtle, but it was surprised yeah. by that. Yeah. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, yes, we were talking about, um, you know, showing up for yourself. We were talking about owning, claiming your self-worth or claiming yourself or claiming the love that's there that's what you did you felt that yeah so being present being present with yourself it just it's it's very subtle but you begin to see yourself perhaps for the very first time you see yourself you see yourself in a way that you may not have before and that's what i mean by um, a fuller experience. You have a fuller experience of yourself. You have a realistic, holistic view of yourself. That's sound. very good. Can I stop listening to what you were saying? <laughs> And, and you know, kind of got caught up, and yeah. and that's yeah. actually, you know, it's funny <laughs> that you said that. So you know, when we learned the meditation, I gave you guys the mantra, and I said the power of the mantra is in. And so you know, as I'm talking, once you're already there, whatever I'm talking, I've done my job. <laughs> it's just that I don't know if I've done my job, right. so I keep mm -hmm. on talking. <laughs> but exactly, you are gone in your own place. Exactly. Perfect. That's You're there. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we create an, an experience, a contrast of being in the heart as opposed to being in the head. That's how it feels like when we drop into the heart. 
there's presence. You become present. And looking into the eyes is very profound. We shy away from looking into someone else's eyes. We shy away from looking at them. Are we? This is because actually we are afraid to look at ourselves. <laughs> Darn it. Yeah, for sure. This yeah. going back to the self never ends. It never does. So we are afraid to look at ourselves. And I think I shared that in Kundalini Yoga class that the hardest thing for me was um, we were doing Tantra Yoga and we had to look into the eyes of our partner uh, with open eyes. We had to chant and do hand movements and breathe and all of that. It was like a three-day long thing, 32 minutes, 32 minutes, 62 minutes, repeat and repeat and repeat. And um, that was the hardest thing for me. I didn't know this lady who was in front of me and she would not let me close my eyes. She said, open your eyes I'm like why are you my partner uh, that's why she was my partner but there was a whole story I shared with you guys I won't get into that but um, it was very hard because I you just want to close your eyes I love closing my eye because that's how I kind of can read the information um, but this was really looking into her eyes and I said okay well I'm done for I don't, I, she's never going to let out. She's my police. And I have to keep looking into her eyes. And I did, and I got lost. But it was it was challenging to do that because it's there's all the vulnerability just shows up. Yeah. And, but if we look into, look through the eyes of the heart, that can bring real presence to the other person. So that's, uh, that's a good little exercise to do. <laughs> when we are, when you're applying these, these concepts in day to day living. So anyone else has um, any, anything came up in the meditation? So, and, um, you know, another thing that comes up in the application is the doing part. Do we just allow and accept? Or do we do anything to change the status quo if we're not happy with it? Mm -hmm. That can become confusing, mm -hmm. right? So I wanted to clear that up because I thought that would come up in the application of things. So of course we do. If something comes up in your heart or in your mind, an issue that you may be struggling with saying, well, I need to say this, or I need to do this, or I need to try this. Of course, it's coming up in you for a reason. But if you remain in the heart, you will 
operate through the heart and you will still do all the doing. You will do all you need to do because that's what's important for you to show up. When we operate from the heart, the results are not that important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need a minute to get that. Seriously? <laughs> I know. So the results are only important because the mind says, the ego comes in, right? I'm going to do this because of this. I'm going to do this because you better respond this way. I'm going to do this and this better happen, right? Because otherwise we hold on to it really tightly. Otherwise our, our pride gets hurt. Our ego gets hurt and we... Next time we hold on even tighter, we try even harder, right? We've been there before? Okay, so it's important, what's important for us is to show up for our life for what's important. It was never about the results. You want it to be you wanted to show up for yourself. The results weren't important. So do all the doing and that's all you do. Because remember, you are okay either way. You're going to be okay either way. You might be a little more happy with one outcome and a little, little sadder with the other. But we accept that too, because you did what you did, mm -hmm. and now you surrender to what is. But by all means, I mean, we wouldn't be human if we every day did not do our best to bring about happiness and joy mm -hmm. in our lives and doing what was important for us. But we don't, again, we don't do it from the head. We pivot from the heart. We pivot from the heart because that's where we are. We do it because we can't help it. Because it's our nature. It's our nature in the heart to, to make things better. To change things that are bringing about pain and grief and suffering. And you keep doing it. You don't deny that. But we don't attach to the outcome. Because, like you already know, an outcome is not what you are after. You ever notice in any argument, you're not really trying to change anything. You just simply want to be heard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're happy going along with the other person. You just want to be acknowledged mm -hmm. that I heard you, but I'm still not doing it. Right. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So that's really what was important is this the it's self-validation. It's mm -hmm. it's really it's not even self-validation, it's more than showing up for yourself. And, and I, I know yeah. about something. Exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. I do what I need to do. I feel. 
And then exactly. what I feel like when I do that. And you're free, I mean, exactly. And exactly what you said. By possible, that, that has to be okay. That would be the key. That's the key. You yeah. has to be okay either yeah. way because you can't control how someone reacts mm -hmm. or when someone. Remember, you know, everything really does happen at the perfect timing. It's just that we don't like the timing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everything does happen at the perfect timing, mm -hmm. but you know, we the ego says, "Well, how long is it going to take?" I'm mm -hmm. sick of this. I'm tired of this already. Um, and it's not in our control. That's, that's God's timing, divine timing. Again, the comment was just to recap is that same so realization is to do what we know to do and then we let go. Because to do is important. That's why we're in this world. Without any doing, we wouldn't be here taking a class. There's a lot of doing happening here. Okay? Um, so, it's not to have a specific outcome grip you. Of course we have desires. Of course we want to fulfill those desires. But we can't have desires control us. Have desires. Let them be free. Do what you need to do. They'll show up when they show up. Be in the heart, accepting of what is always, anyway. So it really doesn't matter when they show up. And actually, that's one way. You know, when we get out of the way, we um, give momentum to the energies. We give momentum to the solutions the way they need to work out. When we hold on to them, we impede. It's like the car really wants to go fast and get over, but you know, someone in the front was going at 10 miles an hour. So you get out, you want to get out of the way. That was a poor analogy, was it? <laughs> I was on to something. Um, <laughs> but you know, you don't want to impede. You want to letting go is the quickest way to get what you need. Using my kids, you know, and like <laughs> everybody bombarding me. I've told you all this. And so I, 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 no, this is right. And I, I, I don't doubt what I'm doing. And, and if I wish I would have known that that time because I was so feisty because they didn't hear me. 
they didn't see my way. Trust that I've been giving these choices and living this way because that's the way. But everybody wanted to prove me wrong. I was so wrong. So that's when all we are all in the head race. And we're in the head. So the comment was that, you know, Susie here wanting to choose a holistic way of living for her children, breastfeeding, homeschooling, having them sleep with her. Um, she was questioned and challenged that she was wrong. So they, you know, so you, when we remember what I said, um, the mind argues, the heart knows. When we argue with the mind and tell somebody, no, my way is better because here are five proven studies that prove that this is a better method. What are we doing? We're fighting mind with the mind. Yeah. We're trying yeah. to prove them wrong. So when we try to prove somebody wrong, you actually make them stronger because they are going to now come back and prove you wrong until one of you get exhausted and said, this is not worth it. Give me a glass of wine. <laughs> I never want to see this person again. They just piss me off. Um, but when you, when we, you know, when somebody is really headstrong like this and the only way to combat that is to drop into the heart. When we meet intensity with intensity, that's called collision and explosion. So when there's high intensity, you want to meet it with softness, subtlety, gently, because you want to bring that to love. That's how you can often the other person actually you can soften yourself and the argument will end very quickly <laughs> but it is timing I, you know it's, it all happened the way it was supposed, it to, was supposed to happen and then and, so don't you know we yeah. yeah remember that everything that has happened before has brought us to this level at any given point in time in our life we do what we know to do this would not be so I, so, such an eye-opening learning if we were always this way. Remember, being right. in the mental flow created mm -hmm. a, a stark contrast so we can see this. Mm -hmm. So all is perfect as it is. Wherever we have been, however we have been, it was perfect. It was all perfect. To get it, uh, to get something, it it takes a while. You know, it takes a while. We keep thinking with the head that somehow we're going to make a dent in someone's opinion. You know, they, we see a wall, we're like, with my willpower, I'm going to break that wall. You know, there was a story in, in one of the books that mice are smarter that way. When, you know, they, they put a mice in a maze, when they came across an obstacle or a wall, they just chose another way. Exactly. <laughs> but we are hardwired in a way. It's like, no, I'm going to try and see if I can convince you. And, you know, maybe some stuff like that is important somewhere in the business world. I don't think so. Um, but, you know, 
the results can speak for themselves for people. You know what I mean? And and the and the truth is when we get into in any kind of space, when we are in the mental space and the mental conflict, it's not possible to see another way because we are stuck in it and we are convinced this is the only way. So, you know, so have fun. <laughs> so have fun until you, you know, realize that perhaps there's a better way. Sometimes we need to be taken to the height of an agonizing experience for us to see that maybe, just maybe, there's another way. And sometimes, you know, human beings are stubborn. Sometimes many of us really need to be smacked on the head a few times. Like, oh, my God, what is the matter with me? I'm not getting it. Right? We've all been there. So, and it's all perfect. It is as is. You know, regret is just a waste of time. Because uh, whatever we did, you know, there's a saying that we, you can, life is not a dress rehearsal. You don't get to do it over, but I think whatever stage that you were rehearsing or whatever costumes we had on, I think they were just fine. That was a good enough drama, right? We don't need to, we don't need to be worried. You know, of course we're consciously, we consciously, we want to live consciously. So I keep talking this word conscious Again, it's relative. If you are in the head space, they believe they're conscious in the head space. <laughs> right? So people believe what they believe. And you are where you are. You show up where you are. And so, so the whole thing about you know, becoming conscious is only if there's a contrast. Like now we can see where we were. But when we were there, we could not see this. Could right. we? Right. We couldn't see this. We couldn't see that we could actually see this. We could actually be here. So it's all perfect. It's all good. We do, everyone does what they know to do. And really, remember we talked about, we talked about Trump, we talked about Hitler. So instead of looking at people, look at the energies that they're dealing with. People are working with the energies that they're dealing with. It's not the people, it's the energies that they're gripped by. Because everything is energy. They're animating it. That's, you know, at the soul level, that's what that needs to be experienced. It's all, all of the world, all the world's happenings, all the crimes. It's part of love because it's anchored in love, because it's created by the heavens, God. There's a purpose to this. It doesn't feel like it, but it is. That's what I'm told, and I like believing that because mm -hmm. it... it um, it it grows me in ways that wouldn't be otherwise. So you know when I when I have a teacher when I find a teacher, um, I don't question. 
I trusted them 100%. That's just how all of my teachers are that way. I trust every word they say because they want to take me places where I can't get there myself. So um, it's all good. Everything that we have done, it's been needing to be done. All we have experienced was needing to be experienced. Okay? All right. Um, so another, um, which I won't get into because I cannot believe it's already close to 4 o'clock. You must have a lot of fun in these sessions. Time really <laughs> goes by fast. Um, yeah, another another thing that I thought, you know, comes up in relationships. Actually, everything comes up in relationships. <laughs> but one of the things that come up is boundaries. And um, I'll put a blog on today because I'm trying to understand it. And just what my revelation that came about was. I think that boundaries can be fear-driven. Right? Mm -hmm. I think boundaries is a very mental concept that we have just, we have, ate, we have eaten that up. Remember those yes. days, like create boundaries. Mm -hmm. Boundaries right. in relationships, right. boundaries in children, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. And we thought, oh my God, we hit the jackpot because we finally understand boundaries. Yes, we did. We understood it with our head. Yeah, you say we stayed in our head. Mm -hmm. We stayed in our head. So we never addressed why the need for boundaries. So it's, you know, um, lack of boundaries. Why would there be lack of boundaries? When we create boundaries, we're not really looking at, we're blocking things. That's my experience. Um, so, you know, I'll give you a little story of the, you know, the blog that you'll get to read is for years I've struggled with boundaries. And I was even told that, that you need to create boundaries. But for the life of me, the, the, the experience is repeated again and again. You know, it would just like confuse me. And it, the experiences of being taken advantage of, mm -hmm. uh, of being kind of bullied in a very subtle, friendly way, but bullied nonetheless. And I had this weird experience. Um, and many times, and I thought, wow, I, I never saw that. It happened like so many times, and I still never saw that. I thought, what in the world is my deal? Why, why does this keep happening to me? Um, then I started to, you know, think about like the energies. So remember all these negative energies, they are anchored in the void. Love is anchored in the heavens. Mm -hmm. All these negative crazy energies that we are all gripped with is anchored in the void. So they, they find a way in. And again, for energy to be experienced by any energy to be experienced there's got to be a match there's got to be mm -hmm. a velcro so i think the reason why i didn't put boundaries because my fear of confrontation 
Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say. I thought I would because I, you know, I'm a hard person. I'm a compassionate person. I cared, and I wanted to do everything I could. But I didn't know underneath they slipped this, you know, taking advantage of and manipulating and subtly bullying, mm-hmm. confusing me. So, and I thought that. Um, you know, I don't want to come across as like, I don't care because I care. And and I don't want to say, well, you know, I'm feeling bullied or confronted because they, they will just argue with me and there'll be a fight. And I don't want to be a part of that. So I just making everything nice and okay. Um, so still no boundaries. And then I... So then, you know, realization that they are fear-based. When we bring our fear to love, we expand in love. Our heart fills with love. We become anchored in love. Fear goes away. Mm -hmm. There's no Velcro. The energies of um, manipulation or powering over mm-hmm. or bullying, they don't find their match. Mm-hmm. So instead of, you know, there's, there's the energy of manipulation, there's a fear. All right, that's a, that's a, that's a marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's a marriage that's going to last. But if you replace that fear with love, the match isn't there. And the love is the most powerful emotion. <clears throat> where love can change the energy of manipulation and powering over. So remember those energies are also coming forth because in, there's, there's an energy of not feeling good enough. There's lack of love. And when you meet that with love, love is the most powerful force. If they are, you know, that can transmute the energy that's coming your way or soften it, at least for sure, it'll make it go away. You know, you've changed that flow from yourself. So feeling, dropping into the heart and expanding in love where the love flows to all the dark, fearful corners of the being, of the psyche, of the subconscious. The vibration is no longer there. And I think that love, the self-love, is the ultimate boundary. It's, there's boundary. It's not mentally driven. There's, there's, that's the boundary. So I solved my puzzle. like for the life of me why why do i keep doing that and now it doesn't happen anymore it just doesn't happen because i see it i i see it in me what's in me that's attracting that and it it just i'm sure it'll show up again because that's how this life works it keeps testing you again and again just to make sure you got it um but yeah, that's what I, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, love is the ultimate defense. Mm-hmm. So really, a, a heart filled with love is the ultimate boundary. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not even a boundary. You radiate love out. 
And it, there's, that's the most powerful force. The other energies of powering over and manipulations, they just don't stand a chance. They weaken. So that was um, self-love. So Valentine's Day is around the corner. This is the love we want. Okay. So, so these are, you know, few um, nuggets with the application. And again, you know, remember, I mean, I this is the first time we're doing this type of work, and we're packing a lot in. And knows where this is going. How are we going to expand it, and make it bigger? So the last A was anchoring. I like that word. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read this to you. Anchoring of heaven on earth is where, where um, is what brings your entire life's journey to a full circle of love within you for the heavens to flow their love and light freely through you. You become a beacon. You will be anchoring heaven on earth to live in a love-based realm with your full awareness of life, allowing it all to flow with love in your open-hearted acceptance of it, feeling appreciation and celebration for life, just as it is in that moment. With your willingness to apply this consciousness of love by living it in your life, you can be a living example of a being of pure love for all to see their highest potential of expressing love. This full spectrum of love will gradually continue to expand throughout the planet until everyone can choose to live in a love-based realm as a fifth dimensional expression in humanity, loving and accepting all of life. It is your conscious choice to choose freedom, and the heavens are giving you the keys to achieve your freedom in ways that honors all life. It is up to you to turn the keys to open the doorways to all the flows of love, prosperity, and true freedom in your life. Appreciation, application, anchoring all work together to form the lower triangle of the six-pointed star. These are the six A's with the six aspects. So the ultimate, um, this is what's possible. We become a beacon of love. We see all life as an expression of love. We see everyone as a gift of love. So that's the practice. Through the practice of the A technique for transmuting energies, weaving all six of the A's together in your life, you can open every doorway to achieving your mastery 
You can open to the unlimited flow of abundance and prosperity more than you can imagine. Living in full consciousness as a full spectrum being of love that honors and accepts all life as love, which fulfills your purpose in life. It's a fantastic journey to experience life in this way. It is true freedom. It is what you have been waiting for, and now is the time to say yes and walk through the doorway of freedom. Awareness, allow, accept, appreciate, application, anchoring creates a new model for a six-pointed star. So we've got a lot of work to do. How are you without you, Mina? Well, there will be, I'm sure. Um, you know, it, who knows where this is headed. Um, so this is headed right now into podcasts, all the live um, episodes. And uh, so that way it can reach more and more people. And there'll be, you know, we'll do it again in a different way. So I am, what I'm thinking is that I don't know, uh, many thoughts are coming to my mind that we um, become a little bit more specific. Like this has been, this is a big topic, right? And on many levels, we're taking this information in with our head. Of course mm -hmm. we are. And it's important to do that. It's important to wrap our mind around it. So that gives us a background and the education. But then the experiential is the whole lifetime. So it would be, you know, I am thinking that in the next series, in the next sessions, that we become a little bit more specific and we... Um, like we work on each concept in a personal level, individually, but in a group setting, in a personal level, where, you know, you're doing all internal work. It's really your internal work. But you need the space to be able to do it. You need the guidance mm -hmm. to do it, and you need to know what to do with it and mm -hmm. how to do that work and what does that mean. Um. <clears throat> So that's in the works, and um, I'm really excited to be able to turn this into a podcast. And those who are listening, going to be listening to this podcast, thank you so much for joining us in advance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's, it's makes it makes it more accessible. And we want to spread this as much as we can. And then we'll just, you know, we're just starting. We'll keep going. Every time I think, oh, wow, we got there. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but at the same time, you would have noticed that you've ended up different than how you started. Mm -hmm. Right? You ended up different then you started, and that's the real proof. 
That's the real proof of the power of this work. You know, it's difficult, but to, to get it started, to get, you know, to begin to turn the key, we have turned the key. Right? And we're kind of pulling at the door. So we just keep turning the key until the door just opens. Well, it's and great to have found the key. It's Remember great to have found, we found the key. Actually, yeah. really, what we did was, thank you, Claire. So we found the key. Mm -hmm. We found the key. We're just going to now have fun using it and understanding how to use it. And uh, this is where the learning, the application comes in. Um, so this is this is how we live. This is how we live awakened, I think. Not that we are awakened, but we are probably um, not as asleep. as we were maybe a few months ago. So we keep on waking up a little bit more every time. And um, I, I love this work. I, I find it really is a treasure hunt um, because it just works. It works for people, it's empowering for people and I you know, I'm a fan of getting to the root of the issue. Anything less than that, we're just, you know, been there, done that. Um, so, and I think there isn't anything above and beyond this. My teacher agrees. There isn't anything above and beyond this. And to be frank with you, when I'm having my sessions, I listen to every word, I take notes, I understand it through my filter, I get it through my filter. But there's a whole lot I don't get either. But it, it's not important. Start where you are. Um, again, you get enough. You get enough that you know, you know how to shake things up, you know how to look, you know what to ask, you know the questions, you know when to tune into when something is coming up for you, like what is that? And you know, it's really funny when we, when we um, widen the lens, things pop up out of nowhere, you notice that? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, wow, it's just one after the next, boom, boom, boom. Things really pop up. Things just become to more clarity. And each time you recognize that, you become a little bit more like yourself, like your real mm -hmm. self. You do. You become a little bit more of who you already know you are. You, we just got lost. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, wow, it's just, it's always this tiny little aha moments, they're very subtle, but they are also profound. It, it shifts how you see yourself, it shifts mm -hmm. how you see the world, and it shifts how much you see. So, this is the deal. Mm -hmm.
A lot of food for thought. Here it is again. Um, who am I? This is a question that we as humans are seeking to discover the answer to. Who am I? The answer to this question is the key to experiencing freedom and being one with all that is. The information that is presented, that we have presented here, is to answer that question. Who am I? So the key to your transformation to live as a fifth dimensional being once again, because we were living as a fifth dimensional being until I think there was a 12 strand DNA got changed into two strand DNA. Uh, many platforms of consciousness were blocked out from our memory. Um, so the key to transformation to live as a fifth dimensional being once again is to unify your six aspects. It is important that you embrace anything that limits you with full acceptance so that you can experience the full circle of love for all life. When you were first created, your six aspects were unified and through most of your existence, you only knew love, living as a fifth dimensional being. Many changes occurred on this planet during the Lumerian timeframe some 200,000 years ago, where we first felt separate from the heavens. We began interacting with darkness for the first time, and from that point on, we have experienced more and more separation, shutting down a little more in each lifetime, until all of our aspects are at odds with each other and not interacting. That's been pretty true. They have not been able to function to their full capacity in any way, forgetting their mastery, and in some cases, shutting that door to mastery due to the shame and guilt they felt about their negative energies. The history of humanity is fascinating, insightful, and a doorway to understanding. So it's a process, beloved ones. Do not think the shift in consciousness will be like a magic wand that will wipe away all your problems and you will suddenly be in the fifth dimension. You will, however, have the tools that you need to make this shift in consciousness. With the willingness to embrace the tools, that you've been given, you can gradually heal every trauma and pain until you feel so much peace and acceptance in your being that you will see the divine perfection of your life and the world around you. It is indeed a process of awakening your whole being into love and taking full responsibility for who you are. Fear becomes your ally through your acceptance of life just as it is. Mm. 
all resistance to any part of life is fully accepted and embraced with love all resistance is accepted because before you know we very quickly have said oh you know she's resisting he's resisting as if it is something so bad we all resist resistance is part of the process Celebrate life in its uniqueness just as it is. With your willingness to embrace and release all that has held you in limitation in any way, you can experience a depth of love that embraces all life everywhere. 